And my friends, what you just heard makes it so clear how to know the will of God for you. Now it's time for the collection. Do you ever feel confused after a sermon message? Well, maybe it's time to start studying the Bible on your own. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Why go to church to pay for some confusing messages? Open Elohim's word today and find out directly what his will is for you. We are now into our third podcast. Thanks be to the Master Yahuwah, our Creator, who desires that all mankind come to repentance and be saved. Acts 17, 30-31 Truly, then, having overlooked these times of ignorance, Elohim now commands all men everywhere to repent. 31 because he has set a day on which he is going to judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, having given proof of this to all by raising him from the dead.
Why David was not allowed to build the house for Yahuwah. First Chronicles 22, 7-8 And Dawid said to Shalomo, My son, as for me, it has been in my heart to build a house to the name of Yahuwah my Elohim. 8 But the word of Yahuwah came to me, saying, You have shed much blood, and have fought great battles. You do not build a house for my name, because you have shed much blood on the earth in my presence. Welcome to the Choices Hotline. For information on growing closer to God, press 1. Hmm. For interesting activities, press 2. Ooh, tough choice. For entertaining activities, press 1. Uh. To learn more about the creator of the universe, press 2. Yeah. For entertainment found in the home, press 1. Okay. To learn why Jesus had to die on the cross, nah, later. press... For TV programming, press 1. To learn about ensuring your place in What's heaven... on the tube? For late night TV programming, press 1. For one more opportunity to hear how much God is reaching out to you, please press 2. Hmm. Yeah. For information on the Psychic Channel, press 1. Oh. For programs on discovering the God within you, press Ooh. 2. For exotic ways to fill the spiritual void in your life, Wow. For the wisdom of Dr. Shami and his latest prophecies, Oh, yeah. Where are your choices leading you? Another message from Lifeline Productions, located on the web at lifelinepro.com. The voicemail choices skit was a great reproduction of our daily life as a sinner, rejecting what we know we ought to investigate. Notice how the options to choose Elohim, God, are available to us at first, and towards the end, the choices towards Him become distant or out of reach. Do we notice or seek it when it's no longer an option? John 7.34 You shall seek me, and you shall not find me, and where I am you are unable to come. Psalms 95.7-8 For he is our Elohim, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you would hear his voice, 8 Do not harden your hearts, as in Meribah, and as in the day of Massa in the wilderness.
Okay, where do we turn? According to the directions, it's the next intersection. As we travel through life, it's always helpful to have directions. Is that a big mud hole? Ew, and I just had that car washed. Why don't you turn at the next intersection? But the directions said turn here. And we'll find our way to the right road. Faithfully following the directions will lead us to our destination. This can't be right. The directions say to go straight, but we're almost out of town. Well, this turn looks good to me. All right, let's take it. Weren't we supposed to turn at a gas station somewhere? Oh, that was way back there. It looked like a rough neighborhood, so I skipped that turn. Oh, good call. God has given us directions in the Bible that will lead us to a relationship with Him and a home in heaven. These directions can't be right. I haven't trusted them from the beginning. Maybe we should have. Then we wouldn't be lost. We're not lost. If the Bible seems irrelevant or outdated to you, you may have drifted further from God than you think. Okay, we're lost. What do the directions say? Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com. How can you be found if not lost? Luke 15, 11 to 32. And he said, a certain man had two sons, 12, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods falling to me. And he divided his livelihood between them. 13. And not many days after, the younger son, having gathered all together, went away to a distant country and there wasted his goods with loose living. 14. And when he had spent all, there arose a severe scarcity of food throughout that land, and he began to be in need. 15. And he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him to his fields to feed pigs. 16. And he was longing to fill his stomach with the pods which the pigs were eating, and no one gave to him. 17. But having come to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I am perishing with hunger? 18. Having risen, I shall go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against the heaven and before you, 19, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants, 20, and having risen, he went to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. 21. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against the heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 22. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. 23. And bring the fattened calf here and slaughter it, and let us eat and rejoice. 24. Because this son of mine was dead and is alive 
again. And he was lost and is found. And they began to rejoice. 25. And his older son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. 26. And having called one of the servants, he asked what this meant. 27. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he received him back in health. 28. And he was wroth, and would not go in. So his father came out, and pleaded with him. 29. And answering, he said to his father, See, these many years I have been serving you, and I have never transgressed a command of yours. But to me, you have never given a young goat, so I could rejoice with my friends. 30. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with whores, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. 31. Then he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all I have is yours. 32. And we had to rejoice and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive, and was lost and is found. One more minute till prison visiting time is over. Boy, our time always goes so fast, doesn't it, son? Yeah. You know, Dad, I appreciate you coming. I look forward to seeing you every week. Do you know, Dad, this prison is a two-hour drive for you. You don't have to come see me every week. I know, but you're my son. I want to see you. God willing, when you get out, I'll be here to take you home. Excuse me. No physical contact with the prisoner. Oh, I'm sorry, officer. Visiting time is over. Yeah. Dad, I've been thinking. All my life, you've cared for me. You've always been there for me. And I just... Line up! Never mind. I got. I gotta go. Sure. Come on. Let's go. Dad. Yes. Um. I know I let you down. I just wanted to say I'm sorry. I know, son. I'll see you next week. Okay, Dad. I'll see you. Regardless of what you've done or who you are, you have a Father in Heaven who loves you, who's there for you, and wants you to turn to Him. Will you trust Him today? Another message from Lifeline Productions, located on the web at lifelinepro.com.
Interesting quotes on Facebook by Matthew Baker. They were warned, just like we were. Imagine the people swimming outside Noah's Ark at the time the great flood began, seeking for rescue, only to discover the door to safety is closed for good. For there is going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth, but will go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want to hear. They won't listen to what the Bible says, but will blithely follow their own misguided ideas. By Mark Paul, this Easter, Christians everywhere will hear, Jesus has died for your sins. But what's that mean without knowing what sin is? Breaking the Torah, 1 John 3, 4. That Paul exhorts, now forgiven, do we continue to break the Torah? God forbid. Romans 3, 31 and 6, 1 and 2. By Gary Moore, giving a child a New Testament as their first Bible is like telling them that the instructions of God are no longer needed. By Japhet Odomero Agboro, Forgiveness comes after repentance, so if you have not repented of your sins and you think God has forgiven you, is a self-deception. By Ezekiel Yisrael, How is a man branded a false teacher because he is telling folks the law's instructions will never die. And I agree. Why would Elohim punish people for obeying him? Wasn't Messiah Yahusha raised from the dead for being obedient to our Father? From Sylvester N-Cube, let's assume that the commandments are no longer existing. Then what will be counted as a sin to us? How are we going to be judged? My thoughts. Great question. No law, no sin, and no need of Messiah. From John Kushwa, if it happens in your lifetime that the Sunday law is signed and enforced and Sabbath keepers are seen as outlaws or enemies of states, will you then believe that God's word is true and that his commandments are still valid and the Sabbath is true? Or will you join the world in crucifying 
those who held on to Bible truth. Remember, the world and the church of God do not mix. It's like oil and water. If that does not happen in your lifetime, but in the future, and you meet your death while opposing God's commandments because of deception, what will be your fate? From Emeka Oranya, my brothers and sisters, you can never make Satan jealous by only typing, I am a child of God, if you can't stand out against sins. From Jason Roselli, what you believe to be true, is it true? Or do you just believe that it's true because you were taught that it's true and never looked any further? From Lucky John Osagi, when it comes to obeying old Jewish laws, pastors say old things are passed away, but they refuse to allow tithing to pass away. Why? Taking his name in vain. May we talk about the third commandment for a moment. It is written in Exodus 20, verse 7, You do not bring the name of Yahuwah, your Elohim, to naught, or nothing. For Yahuwah does not leave the one unpunished who brings his name to naught. Does this mean we shouldn't use the name of our Creator for vain thoughts? Is saying things like, OMG, the forbidden thing here? Or is there more to this? Would Elohim, God, spend a whole third position command on misappropriated names? Or is there a deeper meaning behind the name?
Messiah said in John 16:23, And in that day you shall ask me none at all. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he shall give you. As a follower of Christianity nearly 30 years, I was convinced that I needed to end my prayers with, in Yahusha's name, in order for them to be answered, although in those years I knew him as Jesus. Even after my conversion through repentance and belief on Messiah, I still pressed on to conclude my prayers in his name. Until today, I then realized that in the name of, that I believe means more accurately, in the image of. So just ending our prayers with the Messiah's name will be enough for Elohim to hear us? Well, what about John 9.31? And we know that Elohim does not hear sinners, but if anyone fears Elohim and does his desire, he hears him. So, in the name of seems to be pointing to those who put on the same deeds as Messiah, which were keeping our Father's commands. This is more obvious in John 10.25. Yahushua answered them, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness concerning me. The Summary of the Third Commandment Having now looked at some of those details, may we once again state the third commandment in Exodus 20, verse 7. You do not bring the name of Yahuwah, your Elohim, to naught or nothing. For Yahuwah does not leave the one unpunished who brings his name to naught. In my own words, the third command seems to be saying, Don't bring my commands to nothing. For Yahuwah will punish those who do. So when we fail to keep Sabbath holy, Exodus 20, 8-11, dishonor our parents, Exodus 20, verse 12, marry into adultery or lust for women, Exodus 22, 16, Romans 7, 2-3, Matthew 5, 28, and many other commands we know but reject, are we not bringing his name to nothing by those deeds? How are we declaring the Father's name if we are still choosing to live in the name of Satan? Messiah said in Matthew 19:17, If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. May Yahuwah be praised. Are paintings of Messiah authentic? There are debates going around about what color the Messiah was. Was he white, black, or brown? 
Knowing his color wasn't a commandment, so I can't possibly see any connection to the righteousness here which leads us to life eternal. However, I will say, if Yahushua Messiah was perfect in our Father's Torah of commands, then he would not have allowed anyone to paint him, because that would break the second commandment, Exodus 20, verse 4. Most likely the images we have are not of him, and most assuredly the apostles following commandments wouldn't have passed his images around either and become idolaters. How does one balance rhetoric and brutal honesty over Trinity doctrine? If I am brutally truthful, everyone hates me. If I break into truth softly, the reader <gasps> yawns and says, there's too much to read. So what do I do? I believe in truth, and I don't want to be uncompassionate. So is it 30 seconds or less that gets the point across? Matthew 24, 36, But concerning that day and the hour, no one knows, not even the messengers of the heavens, but my Father only. My friends, if the Trinity doctrine is true, and Messiah is God, then why doesn't Messiah know the time of the end?
All nature fears Elohim, God, but not the sinners. Enoch 101 verses 1 through 9 Observe the heaven, ye children of heaven, and every work of the Most High, and fear ye him. 2. And work no evil in his presence. If he closes the windows of heaven and withholds the rain, and 3. The dew from descending on the earth, on your account, what will ye do then? And if he sends his anger upon you because of your deeds, ye cannot petition him, for ye spake proud and insolent, or words against his righteousness. Therefore ye shall have no peace. And see ye not the sailors of the ships, how their ships are tossed to and fro by the waves, and are shaken by the winds, and are five, in sore trouble? And therefore do they fear, because all their goodly possessions go upon the sea with them? And they have evil forebodings of heart that the sea will swallow them and they will six, perish therein. Are not the entire sea and all its waters and all its movements the work of the most seven high? And has he not set limits to its doings and confined it throughout by the sand? And at his reproof it is afraid, and dries up, and all its fish die, and all that is in it. But ye sinners that are eight, on the earth fear him not. Has he not made the heaven and the earth, and all that is therein? Who has given understanding and wisdom to everything that moves on the earth? and in the sea. 9. Do not the sailors of the ships fear the sea? Yet sinners fear not the Most High. Belief and Works Defined We hear about belief and works throughout the writings of Shaul, known to us as Paul, 
who wrote much of the New Testament of our Bibles today. The law contains two parts within itself, just like we have today with civil laws, like do not kill, steal, lie, etc. And then we have the court of law deciding how to carry out judgments for those who transgress the civil laws. Can we boast in being a law-abiding citizen because we pay our fines or law of works to the court of law or to stop committing the crimes altogether, which is the law of faith? If we stop breaking civil laws, don't we stay out of court? Romans 3.27-28 Where, then, is the boasting? It is shut out. By what Torah, or law? Of works? No. But by the Torah of belief. 28. For we reckon that a man is declared right by belief without works of Torah. We stand right before Elohim when we start keeping the law of belief or faith, and not by relying on sacrificial court penalties, which is the law of works. In the following verse, Sovereign Shaul, not the same person, was rebuked by Shemuel for disobeying the law of faith, a straight command of Elohim. He chose to sacrifice the law of works instead of to obey the law of belief. 1 Samuel 15, 22-23 Then Shemuel said, Does Yahuwah delight in ascending offerings and slaughterings as in obeying the voice of Yahuwah? Look, to obey is better than a slaughtering. To heed is better than the fat of rams. 23. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and stubbornness is as wickedness and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word, or command, of Yahuwah, he also does reject you as sovereign. If we obey the commands of Yahuwah, Elohim, God, also known as the Torah or Law of Belief, we are no longer putting ourselves under the Torah of works or the sacrificial court system, which is sacrificing or payment for sin. The popular misunderstanding of Galatians chapter 3, as well as Ephesians and others, is that if we keep the commandments, then we reject Messiah. If this idea were true, then why does Shaul, the same author of Galatians, tell us in Romans 2.13 that the doers of the Torah, or law, will be declared righteous? And also in Matthew 19.17, Messiah said, If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Are there divisions in the scripture here? No. There are two different laws going on under all the riddled writings of Shaul, as he questions which law we boast on in Romans 3.27.
Galatians is saying that sacrificing doesn't make a person clean. When a person decides to be clean and sin no more, then Messiah's sacrifice washes us. The goal of sacrificing was like training wheels to riding a bike. Are we learning to ride training wheels or the bike? The goal is to ride the bike. The goal is to obey the Torah of belief, which are the commandments. Romans 10.8 But what does it say? The word, or command, is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. Deuteronomy 30.14 That is the word of belief, which we are proclaiming. Rejection of the Messiah is nearly the same yesterday with the Jews as it is with Christianity today. When the Jews rejected Messiah, we naturally think they rejected his atonement for sin, but it goes further than that. They rejected his call to repentance, which unless one repents, they will perish. Luke 13.3 While Christians become anti-Semitic towards Jews for rejecting Messiah, they ignorantly do the same as the Jews, because even in the days of the Jews, they were quick to do the Torah of works rather than the Torah of belief. It is like speeding down the road, breaking the rules of the road, because we have enough money to pay the fines of getting caught. Rather, we should have the mind of Messiah to love the Father and keep His commandments. If we love Him who promises us forgiveness of our sin, then first we must be done with sin before He will clean us up. To no longer sin means we are walking according to the Torah, or law, of belief. If you have any questions, please write us. May Yahuwah be with us to have an obedient belief firm to the end, so that we may receive the promised inheritance through Messiah. We're coming to a close for podcast number three. The goal of the podcast is to not only get a person to consider Elohim God, our Creator, but also not be deceived in thinking His Torah or law is done away with. In Matthew 5.17-20, Messiah said that He didn't come to destroy the Torah, but to do it. Romans 10, 3-5 For not knowing the righteousness of Elohim and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of Elohim. 4. For Messiah is the goal of the Torah unto righteousness to everyone who believes. 5. For Moshe, or Moses, writes about the righteousness which is of the Torah. 
The man who does these shall live by them. And Romans 2.13 tells us that not the hearers of the Torah are righteous, but the doers of the Torah, or law, will be declared righteous at the coming of Messiah. If you have any questions regarding any of the content you just heard, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can find us on Facebook or Messenger by visiting facebook.com forward slash jordan.ann.peterson or by writing to keep.the.torah at gmail.com. Thank you, and may Yahuwah be with the set-apart ones.